same in China, China, different, different stories. stories. We are the we ones that found our way, way, way in a new life. Okay. Yeah, we already started talking, but I was like, all right, I'm going to start recording because I'm with yeah, Katie. Yeah. And I was like, okay, Katie, let's just, and you like went right into all your stories. Like, oh, should I hit record? But I'm going to hit record now. <laughs> no, that's um, totally fine. I just word, word vomited. Uh <laughs> Oh, no, that's totally understandable. But I was like, oh, you went to Purdue. So my roommate that I live with in Maryland, he went to Purdue. Oh, no, no way. way. He's at Purdue now, actually, doing his PhD. Okay, crazy. Yeah. Is he in the STEM field, I'm assuming? Yes. yes. Yeah. Are, you, I, are you in the STEM field? No, I'm a, I I did um, hospitality management and um, wanted to pursue restaurants, the restaurant business. And then Ooh. I graduated in 2019. And then a year later, <laughs> everything just came crumbling down. And I was like, I need a, a stable job. I need... Um, oh, wow. Less, I, I got burnout too. As everyone knows, the the pandemic created a very interesting dynamic of like the service industry where yeah. people were like sitting on their un, like unemployment. And I filled mine completely wrong because like who would have thought you'd have to file for unemployment at like right, 20, right? you know? Yeah. <laughs> so I fil- filled mine wrong, but I reached out to my local alderman. Um, didn't know who, what that was before, and then they got my unemployment, and I was able to get it, but then. By the time I received it, I just decided to go back to work. Um, but there were only like four of us that decided and we were working at a restaurant. And as things started warming up because we started hitting the summer, we did outside dining and everything. And oh, I, just I got, see. Got super and indicted with like everything and burnt out. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But I yeah, mean, we can start from the beginning if you want. <laughs> I was like, you really had an entry into the workforce. Oh my god! I know it's it it sucks too because like 2019, it's like oh you just you know skate you skate through. But I didn't yeah. enter the corp a corporate um career um until like two years kind of post grad too. So yeah. I'm like I feel like I'm behind, but I like I'm I'm trying my best, you know. That's wild. Yeah, I uh, I mean, 2019 is when I got fired from a job and I was like, all right, it's time to like hit reset. And then, of course, I think it was only like three or four months later where it's like, OK, everything's shutting down. Just kidding. It's like, ah, well, I'm just going to I'm going to start a podcast. <laughs> That's really how no, that I happened. love it. Yeah, I was like, all right, let's go. Well, we could we let's let's backtrack because it was really cool yeah. hearing your because your experience is very unique, too. It's like being adopted. Well, I'll let you share. But yeah, yeah. go ahead and share about your adoption what you were comfortable with yeah yeah so I was adopted at 14 months from Jiangtan I might be butchering it um but Hunan province um back in like 1998 and I actually was adopted by a single parent um and through like England so at the time the United Kingdom um whatever and I think it's still the United Kingdom but essentially my my mom wanted her own kids she was girl bossing essentially up until kind of her early 40s and then I I think she always had a plan of like okay I want to be able to like have a family have kids and she worked um for the Hong Kong bank for a really long time believe yeah like HSBC um and so in the I guess it was back in the 80s and kind of carried it through and then she decided to like slow down and kind of adopt and we um she adopted us and then we I went to England um, afterwards. So I had like a British accent. I lost it very quickly. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Just because my mom is American. So I did the schooling system up until I was probably about four or five and then moved to the States. And yeah, so it was very interesting because my, my mom did a really good job trying to I'd say, integrate when it came to like, like finding other adoptees within um, England. They had like, 
I guess, I don't know, back in the 90s, like little groups and they they were able to find them. So I had a very small group of people when I was like very young that my mom would like talk to other adopt like adoptive parents, whatever. Yeah. Um, so there was a little bit of a community then. And then when we kind of moved out of it, it we moved to Michigan, right? So yeah. a very Midwest type of family. That's where my mom's originally from. It was interesting because I was so young. So to me, like it didn't make a huge difference. But I think as I've gotten older, I've been able to self-reflect and be like, wow, um, yeah, there's, there's a huge lack of diversity. But it was really nice. My family was very involved in kind of the whole process too. Um, we have like godparents. So my uncle and my aunt are like my godparents. So they actually, my, it's always, my mom chose to do this thing where it was like always the godmother to come with her to adopt. So yeah. when I was adopted, my, my aunt came with me and she went with my mom, which was really cool. So she went to um, China to come get us. And then when my, my sibling got adopted, they um, had my, this is my second cousin. So my, my mom's cousin was her godmother. So then they got adopted. They came and went. So it was like a tradition. And then um, the godfather would meet. So my uncle or the other uncle, because my mom has two brothers, um, mm-hmm. would come and visit too. So it was really cool because they got kind of, it was almost like there there was, um, what would you call, just buy-in in the process. Like I know yeah. that's a business term, but they were involved in it. And I think that made it a little bit more intimate for our family because my family's very Irish Catholic as well. So hey. it's just very, <laughs> very um, kind of that way. But I think my mom tried her best to kind of like integrate them as much as possible. And then yeah, moved to Michigan, did schooling there. I struggled a lot in school. Um, I think this transfer from like the English system into like the American system was really difficult. Mm. And because I was just at that like age of four, right? That's yeah. like, right when you're learning things, it was is really hard because of what I learned from like when I was little to like I guess the American system and way and I've had a lot of speech problems too because people my accent went but there were parts of it that were still there so they just thought I was talking like gibberish um so it was really interesting I think that created kind of uh like an insecurity of mine is like I am not the smartest person um and then as I've gotten older right every every like at the time too everyone expects like um like especially Asian people to have this perception like oh they're smart and it kind of brings in like that model minority aspect of things Mm -hmm. too yeah then from Michigan moved to the outskirts of Pennsylvania so essentially like the main line of Philadelphia which is like a pretty affluent area um my family was very lucky that um we had like the financial support to be like there and my mom, for some reason, and it, I think it stems from my my grandmother, rest, may she rest in peace, um, but she really had this, like, adamant thing of, like, we need to kind of instill these, like, Christian or Catholic values. Mm. It's f- ironic now because none of us go to church. None of us are super <laughs> religious. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think at the time, especially, like, 20 years ago, it, it there was a lot more weight into that. So um, I was put into multiple schools when we were moving around, a lot of them were private and a lot of them were Catholic. And then mm-hmm. finally, by the time I hit second grade, because we moved around a lot because with a single parent, a lot of kind of her decisions was based off of her job. But we finally settled. And by the time I was like nine or 10, I went to an all girls Catholic school from that grade all the way till graduation. Oh, um, wow. So I was kind of in the same incubator for a very long time. Yeah. Um, I think there's like pros and cons to it. But yeah, so 
didn't my mom didn't realize I think she thought like Philadelphia like right there's a Chinatown there there's, like, yeah you know um I think she thought it was gonna be more diverse but I think she didn't necessarily put into account like some of the suburbs of big cities are the like the widest places ever too oh, yeah, yeah. but I think it took a very long time for my school to kind of get on board with like what like diversity and stuff and I think for yeah. me and both my me and my sibling as well we were the only two like Asian people in our school oh, for okay. a very I was wondering long that. time and funnily enough my my sibling's three years younger than I am mm-hmm. but they got into my school before because like there was a wait list for my grade whatever mm. so a lot of people perceive me as not the younger child but just like I was there second so yeah. I was not there the longest I wasn't there like you know I was kind of just there to be there um and I think that almost played at like a role reversal yeah I think it was very interesting and because we moved around in schools I definitely I'm more of like a tactile and if you can't tell from this conversation just more like talking face to face yeah yeah type of person um and I struggled a lot I think in certain aspects of being in this very collegiate like they they consider themselves like pre-college kind of education and right. um I I consider myself a very like hard worker but I think there was points where I just struggled and I just didn't understand certain things and then my my younger sibling was insanely smart like mm-hmm. and I I, the, they worked their ass off too for the accolades that they earned as well yeah. but I think it was very interesting how then people perceived us because one was seen as very smart but also smart for an Asian right or smart oh, for a Chinese yeah. person and then for myself I I was also like an like don't be wrong I was also like an honors kid I I had honors I had a, above like a three five like it wasn't anything crazy but like people just did not perceive me as smart because I think there was an aspect of just like, shouldn't she be smart because their sibling's smart? Oh, and so it just goodness. became this <laughs> thing. And because there's only two of us, and then my mom is also like splitting her kind of yeah. herself for the two of us because we're very different. I'm very extroverted, and my sibling is a little bit more, I would say, just like like more internal and just a little quieter. And mm-hmm. that's just how we process things. Um, but it was just really interesting and in seeing it, and then. I think as I've gotten older too, it's just funny to see kind of where we've ended up as adults. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, high school was high school, right? You, you get yeah, the, oh, yeah, yeah. you get the, the, the great stuff and the bad stuff. And I, I, I think for the most part, my, my high school experience, my, my all girls Catholic high school experience was probably like the most, just pretty stereotypical considering um, there finally became when I was, by the time I hit like freshman year, there were a couple other doctors, which was really nice. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just all mixed them up, right? Like, it's just like, right. come on. Oh, but it was yeah. really funny. Um, there was one adoptee. I think they, they were quite younger than me. I think I saw more diversity in the younger grades because I was mm-hmm. quite a bit older. There was one and they were adopted. Um, and I thought they were Chinese because I, I don't know. Because um, I, I know in this podcast, they don't see anything. But like, I don't look stereotypically Chinese. I look very Southern Asian, Filipino, maybe Thai, even Lao. And I thought this girl was Chinese and apparently she was Guatemalan. So I was like, so you know what? (laughs) So I was like, oh my gosh, like another, like, like very, cause I, I tan, I'm pretty dark sometimes. And I, and it was just like, oh my gosh, my eyes were like, I can't believe this girl's Guatemalan. I thought she was Chinese. Like, right. Oh Um, my goodness. 
So it was really funny. But I think by the time I graduated, it was pretty diverse. I mean, I think as times have gotten more times, more current, right? Yeah. Things have gotten better. I wanted to get out of a very small environment. My graduating class was like 44 girls, which is insane. So Yeah, that's small. And I just was like ready to get out and try something different. So I ended up going to Purdue. My grandfather went there when he was, he was a World War II vet. So my, my mom was quite a bit older when she adopted me. And then mm-hmm. I think for the time, her parents were older too. So they were born in the 20s. And so by the time um, I chose to go to school, I was like, oh, like my grandpa went there, just kind of see what it is. Oh, okay. Um, and I wasn't there to like purposely, but it was like the least like super, like I feel like it was the least rah-rah of Big Ten schools. I wanted a Big Ten experience and I loved Oh, okay. I was um, like, how'd you choose Purdue? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I, I did Penn State. I was like, that was like intense. Michigan State, University of Michigan, I looked at, but like, I really wanted to get like a very like I'd say just a bigger experience. And I knew the Big Ten um, was going to give that to me. So I went to Purdue. And it's crazy, too, because I would never have thought that a university in the middle of Indiana would be (laughs) as, one, I think, diverse as it was. But two, just like, I think the perfect fit for kind of my experiences and kind of what I was looking for. Mm. Um, Didn't go into school for engineering. Um, I was like not STEM I feel like most people who come from Purdue are like some sort of STEM but yeah but it was a great school and it was nice because I think I was surrounded by a lot of engineers and I think at the end of the day I I I think I I think like that but I'm more of like the social aspect of things and Mm -hmm. I don't have the patience or probably the like attention span to think of the math or get myself through calc too like really I just can't (laughs) but it was a really good experience and there's a huge international presence at Purdue oh yeah also there's just like a big like diverse group so I was able to find like a very like diverse friend group um which was really fun I think I'm the closest with a lot of my college friends and I am with my like high school I still have a couple high school friends I speak to yeah um and following off one of my like closer friends I did club rowing, so I just did it for fun to stay fit. Oh, nice. On, I was on the East Coast, so in high school, I did rowing as well. And I was like, I need to, like, stay fit, like, stay yeah. active. So I continued to do it through college. And I'm on one of the call-outs for the club. I met, like, one of my friends, and she was also adopted from China from a single mm. parent, um, but from Chicago. Um, so very similar kind of story, but – and I, I liked that she had, like, a single parent and that she had a younger sibling as well. and just really interesting we're very different people oh, yeah, um, yeah but it was just fun to see the similarities and we're still like very close which is really nice um and I think that gave me a little bit of like comfort so I ended oh, yeah. up when I graduated moving to Chicago she was like in the area but by the time I like moved we were just doing very different things she was an engineer I was a server <laughs> um, okay hey and it's it's, it's what it is <laughs> so yeah I think that's kind of the full picture. And then I um, moved back home after the pandemic, lived with my mom for a year and a half, we became roommates. And then I'm actually located because I know you mentioned you're from Maryland. I, mm-hmm. I'm relocated back to like Northern Virginia. So I'm right out oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. now and doing everything remote. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Because you said you were recruited. Now too. It's like, oh, okay. Like you, you've done some different pathways for work too. <laughs> yeah. I've done a lot, but that's like the full thing. Yeah. It's, but listening to your podcast, it's very interesting to kind of see like there's a lot of single parents or parents that mm-hmm. kind of raise a lot of their kids in a single manner. And it's very 
nice to kind of hear that there's other people oh, like yeah. that. Um, but um, I think too, like, I like I know I mentioned to you earlier, I do live with like my boyfriend, and what's really interesting, like family dynamic wise, it's so different. Yeah. Like being a, my mom being a single parent had to kind of like fend for ourselves. Like we we right. didn't have we didn't see our extended family very frequently. Now finally she's back in Michigan, which is great. Um, but it's like op- operating as an adult, it's like okay, like I tend to like to kind of do my own thing at the place that I'm living. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just really interesting and. I think too, people don't talk about race too frequently, like, you know, and I think sometimes it's a topic that I want to talk about that it's like, oh, oh like, yeah, what, my experience X, Y, and Z. Um, but it's just interesting. And I, I find myself in so many instances, like reflecting on like, you kind of stuck in the middle, but then also, yeah. sorry, I have a dog. Um, oh, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, you definitely brought up... Um... You brought up good points, though. I think even amongst, like, talking to adoptees, too, when you find similarities in your stories with, like, another adoptee, so you kind of, like, connect that way, too. So it's like, yeah, it makes sense. We all connect with each other in different ways. For some people, yeah, it's like, I definitely have met other adoptees who have, like, biological siblings or something. Well, no, not their biological sibling, but it's, like, the parents, their parents, like, kid or their yeah. mom's kid or something like that. And then it's like, oh, you feel like a connection because, like, oh, you know the experience of, like, being the Asian kid with like two white people that you are like your sibling and yeah yeah so it's like yeah it makes sense it happens to all of us no it's so I mean that's also like a completely interesting dynamic like I can't even imagine like it's just so different than my experience because I, I I was lucky that I think I had a sibling that was adopted but because we're so different right I'm very mm-hmm. extroverted and um versus someone who's very introverted we didn't really have kind of that correspondence all the time I think we knew right like oh we have very similar experiences but our experiences were very different yeah like how we were one oh that's very true yeah yeah um because I think a lot of it stems from like our high school experience too like I wasn't the smartest kid even though I like I'm not like was like I'm still very capable and smart but like yeah compared to someone who was like a, a valedictorian and worked very hard to do it um, and I think almost upheld the, st- the the stereotype, which is it's really difficult to put that pressure on yourself of like, oh, because I'm Asian, you know, people think because I'm Asian, I have to be smart, so I will do it. And unfortunately, I think that kind of fell on on my sibling. And then for me, yeah. I I didn't necessarily feel that pressure. Like I didn't feel any pressure. My mom was nowhere remotely like a like what you define as a tiger mom. Yeah. Like she just wanted to make sure like we were capable. We knew what we were doing. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we'll be able to survive later on. Yeah. Um, so it was very interesting. And I think how I perceive myself now, and I, I still think I need to kind of build that confidence is just like me knowing that I'm capable and that I'm smart enough because oh, I yeah. think a lot of people assume like, oh, you're, 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 you're Chinese. Okay. So, and you went to Purdue. Oh, you, were you an engineer <laughs> or like, oh you like what are you doing here like as a server too it's it's so interesting um I was in Chicago and it's I love being in cities and I think a big part of it is because they are diverse and northern Virginia too there's a ton of like Vietnamese and Filipino like just like pockets and it's so fun because um you kind of get to feel like you're kind of part of it too and like I said I I look like them too so I don't Mm -hmm. feel always like the outsider but as I, as we know, as adoptees, there's always like that, like you can't speak the language, you can't do this. It's oh like... yeah, it's a whole, whole list of stuff, and yeah, I mean, 
it's like even like within communities within communities in the city it's like sometimes like I go like run with this there's like a group called run for Chinatown it's like if I run with them it's like oh I'm part of the majority like most people here are like first generation or like immigrants and all that and it's like I'm just amongst the crowd because I look like everybody else I was like oh I do it I even do it here in New York City which is like a very diverse place but even there's like pockets within the city too because like it's just comforting at times yeah. Like, yeah no it's so funny I um, my my boyfriend is very very white he's from Connecticut um and he's a great he's a great guy and I love him so much um but we like I I find myself in areas where there is a higher population of like um just like white people in general like Philadelphia and like the mm-hmm. outskirts of it for sure and like even like parts of outskirts of New DC in DC like you know oh, yeah. it's, there's parts of it where it's just like not the most diverse and it's very interesting but it's it's interesting the kind of conversations I have because I think it's not only like talking about how I feel to him because he never will truly understand how I feel yeah um and a lot of my friends won't either just they're not in my situation um but just like educating I like watch like I think I watched like a documentary um it was on HBO and it's it's funny it's about mixed kids but I feel like I resonated with it just because it's like, uh, I don't fit in one place or the other. Yeah. And for me, I because I don't physically look too Chinese all the time, I, it very much like resonated. And it was very interesting to kind of have, sit with my boyfriend and, and watch it together and yeah. kind of see what that like entailed. And I think too, um, there's a lot of different things that are just different that I have to kind of accept that not always people are going to understand even the I'd say the adoptee community it's just like very different yeah, too yeah. everyone has different perspectives and different experiences um but I'm I'm like so excited like I was able to like connect with you because you got like I know you mentioned in one of your other podcasts about the Facebook group and I've been reading through like the the forum on that oh and yeah yeah it's just really interesting um what people kind of talk about how they feel and a lot of it's stuff I've I've probably felt in the past or mm-hmm. things like that. So my mom described me like when I was a kid, I was angry a lot. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> I really. <laughs> and, and it's I mean, and she was she handled it well. And I think um, there's like multiple ways you can do it is you can internalize it and or you can be an asshole about it. And I yeah. was one of those kids that just like would cry or just like um, just like speak their mind a little much. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah and I think I know one of your questions too is like have you ever thought of going back and yeah I think if I wanted to go back I think I want to go with my college friend that has a very similar story with me oh. he always joked about like let's go to China um let's go find our parents like you know and I don't know how realistic that is it's but but it's something to like kind of dive a little deeper into our background our culture we have two other friends in our friend group one's Malaysian and the other is like full-on just like from China oh my um, gosh you're you're like t- describing joy right <laughs> I, really I've never, that. I, I haven't that's seen it so yet that's funny. on my list if you um, can you gotta go to go see joy I told with your friend groups that's just so funny <laughs> this sounds like the movie a little bit but because we um, could use one as a translator and the other one because his family's from Malaysia oh God, it's it. like all right so um so that's something that like I think in the future I'd want to do but yeah I think at the like now I'm pretty like happy where I am and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very lucky that I I think um I am happy which is good um because I know a lot of people there's a lot of struggle and there's like a lot of other yeah. things that just like 
in case with adoption and I definitely need to get a therapist but you know healthcare is expensive oh Um, yeah but that's on my list of things to do just to talk things out because I think I love talking if you can't tell from this already Um, there's there's adoptee therapists too like you can always reach out to them it's like do you know good resources because there are people who are like here's a bunch of resources you go to or like you can ask um yeah but I've met a lot of adoptee therapists too or people who are like studying to be therapists and I was like that's intense no I it's it's funny because in a lot of your your podcasts that I've heard there's a lot of people that are like using obviously their background to kind of obviously make a difference do the research and kind of see what's happened because it's so interesting obviously it's a result of like the one child policy and Mm -hmm. doing like the just the research on it um and now obviously seeing kind of the impact of what that's done to China where there oh, are yeah. too many, there's too many single men in that demographic. I'm like, you kind oh, of yeah. like F yourself over essentially because you you can't control populations like, like that. It's just not feasible. Yeah, especially because um, we were, we were adopted in like late nineties, early two thousand. That was like a pretty, I think that was a pretty big portion of it. That was a big, coming. yeah. Yeah. Cause I know it's so funny too. Do you ever get like, so sometimes when I, when I used to serve and I get, Chicago and Illinois I think there's a huge hub of adoptees I don't know I just feel like there is um because mm-hmm. for some reason whenever I was serving I would see an adoptee and I was like I know that person's adopted other than like the fact and I, I feel like I have a sixth sense and it's crazy but yeah yeah I get that too even like in the city I also did serving like down in Maryland it's like hmm that girl looks like she's adopted or that guy maybe no <laughs> yeah sometimes you get a sense even um like doing dragon boat not rowing, but paddling, similar, but not the same exact thing. But it's like there's like three adoptees, Chinese adoptees on our team and like a Korean adoptee. And it's like, you can just tell sometimes. Usually it's the name that's like a huge giveaway. Oh my gosh, no. And I mean, it's awesome too, because I think it's something to kind of like relate to. Um, and I think there's a part of me that like wants to gravitate to similarities. And when you're like in the general mm-hmm. public, right, there's not too many similarities to kind of grab onto. So I feel like sometimes I'm just floating and I'm like, okay, like, what can I like tether myself to? Because essentially, like, I like think of it in like, um, very like, kind of existential sense, but like, like, there's just really nothing to tether, like, there's nothing grounding. Yeah, there's like, yes, you're adopted from this country, but you have nothing, you you can't speak the same language, you don't know the culture anymore. Mm -hmm. And then when you go to like, when I go home to Michigan, right? Like, um I'm like the only person of color like literally the only person of color and I, believe I that, love yeah. my family and I, I they're great um but it's just crazy that just the differences and I think I'm it's nice to have I, I I think it's nice that I've made the decision to kind of stay in high, higher populated areas where there is a little bit more diversity yeah oh I get that it's exactly why I came to New York <laughs> yeah so it's and I think too what's interesting like like higher ed because I know you obviously went to school in Ohio but I can imagine too, like if you went to like a creative school, it's pretty diverse. I'm assu- I don't know. Was I would think diverse, so. Diverse enough, yeah. I. It's funny. I was talking about this with like. I'll probably put a break in between this part. event in New York City for like my undergraduate program like well not my program but just like school and it's like there's a range of people from all the different years I graduated but I also 
very much acknowledge and realize like most people there were white. So it's like, and I, there was one guy I talked to, he just graduated. He just finished his like master's program. He looked very young, so I didn't know, but he like recently graduated from like OU. And then I was asking, I was like, what was your experience like at OU? Because when I was there, I don't know, 2015s when I graduated, it's 2023. So it's been, it's been like eight years. What, like, did you see more diversity? What do you think? So the person shared, it's like, oh yeah, I saw like more groups, more like clubs and stuff. And I was like, that's really good because I feel like when I was there, people kind of just stayed to themselves. He's like, no, I also kind of sense that too in a way. And I was like, but it's really small versus like a big 10, like OSU yeah. or like Purdue, like it's massive, like big population that is like your own little city. I mean, isn't, wasn't, wasn't the city of like a Purdue built around the school? Too? Yeah. yeah so West, so. West Lafayette. And it's so funny That's too, right. because um, I didn't realize how diverse it was going to be until I got there. So when I got accepted, I decided to accept without visiting <laughs> nice this was like blindly went in I was like let's do it um and I visited uh, like an accepted students day afterwards and then it was just so funny there I we found this like whole like strip mall kind of and there were all these like Asian restaurants yeah so they have like a like an actual like like a miniature version of like an H Mart but it's crazy and it's for a lot of the it's for the international students and um the international students can get crazy at some of these big state schools um but oh yeah um, it's really fun because they do have their own clubs. Um, they have like their own sororities too. I've been recently watching a lot of um, uh, like Alabama Rush on TikTok, <laughs> and like <laughs> that's a different topic completely about just the lack yeah. of diversity. But I think Purdue, considering they they found groups where people would feel comfortable, and I think that was really oh. cool. Um, and even the hospitality, my like school was pretty diverse for the most part too. And when you think of hospitality, I think you you think of a smaller scale of it of like oh restaurants and hotels but for us yeah. we we did go further into like okay there's opportunities to travel there was like um an opportunity for like a chinese like three-week program i did not do it um oh. but it, they did it through my very small program and it was really cool that they do it um and a lot of our like higher ed professors are also from china so it's really cool to yeah see you have like of, a faculty yeah to have that um and just like I, I'd say like like example and then kind of going from there obviously their experience is very different but it was nice to kind of see that there are other people and I think also right typically I gravitate toward to make sure I surround myself with a diverse group of people I think it's always really helpful just to give yourself perspective and then oh I agree yeah yeah because so. you learn from like other people's experiences and stories no matter like what their background is because I'm sure it's like everybody's different and also it's very cute your dog just snuggled up on your couch behind you I was like that's so cute yeah it's uh it was raining so it was a little nervous before <laughs> oh okay yeah the the rain's just passed here too it was pouring down so I was like oh, I'm so glad that by the time we record the rain should be chilling out yeah I was worried about that too because I'm surrounded by windows so I see that you're, <laughs> you're like the Florida we will take it we'll take a screenshot I was like so oh, much yeah. visual cues was like from Florida ceilings like you have those Florida ceiling window things don't you oh my gosh mm-hmm. It's, I'm very lucky and this was a pandemic steal when I when I moved in and then they only upped it by like two hundred dollars and I was like oh, that's fine I mean, yeah and I know New York's suffering so I mean I having the Florida window type thing in New York actually might not be that beneficial because like we have to do like ACs and like heat so I was like you know what probably good I don't have that situation yeah 
Um, but yeah, I'm like trying to think of like what else. I it's it's very nice to be able to like connect with someone that's obviously gone through. I haven't spoken to probably an adopting in a very long time, especially in like oh, this yeah. kind of, I think this is just this type of candor, especially like obviously mm. I'm my friend, but we're friends, right? I'm I'm not there to talk about like kind of the experiences and we mm-hmm. so banter here and there, but it's I think it's very interesting. I I don't think I've kept myself necessarily in a bubble on purpose, but it's more just like I think as I've gotten older, the, I'm more kind of willing to go out of my way to have those conversations. And I think, yeah, especially as I become like more like mature and adult, as I, as I say it as I'm 26, right, more adult. Um, oh, yeah. I think it's good to have those like types of conversations. Um, I also think that's why I, as we've gotten older, we see this younger generation a lot more diverse in general like like I said I think my high school's gotten a lot more diverse at least they, they've been attempting because when I was in high school not gonna lie one of my best friends was 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 black and then I was like also Chinese we were on every fring- like single brochure you could think of we were on the website they found a picture of us like, oh, whatever and I'm that. just like in your uniform because I'm assuming it's uniforms right so yeah like, yeah uniform- cute little- yeah and it's it's funny too because you didn't even I didn't even think about it until probably I was like in college yeah. and like wait a sec I was in a lot of photo ops yeah <laughs> and like at the time I'm like oh my god I'm gonna be famous and then you realize wait I was the <laughs> diversity yeah <laughs> it's like the diversity um, quote-unquote higher but it's like no just the diversity student body here we go yeah and then I guess that brings like when you talk about diversity higher too so I know we talked about like so I started out working in the hospitality industry wanted to do restaurant management and that completely just tanked due to the pandemic but it, what was really nice about the hospitality industry I think it is one of the most diverse industries you can be in um, oh yeah I believe like that. you've got people from all over and I think it was really really fun it was nice to correspond and like learn different things I in Chicago, I worked in a Chinese like fusion restaurant. It was like kind of like middle ground, very similar to like a Kiev Chang's, maybe a little bit like nicer. Um, and we did like mixed like food. So it was really interesting, me being Chinese and then working there. And it was it was fun, but then all of our chefs were Hispanic. So like Yeah. Yeah. No one there was Chinese except myself as a server. And then um it was just funny, but it was great because it was just like a melting pot and I learned so much and I think being in Chicago too was really nice. There's a huge like Chinatown down there too. So it was really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when you talk about like, just like, like DAI initiatives too. So I recruit, I work in the mortgage industry, which is very interesting. So I work in an in-house recruiting, help recruit for the company mortgage itself, like transparently, it is not the most diverse. Yeah. I'd say, I've heard about that industry. And um, it's within like the subsector within the financial sector. Um, and it's very interesting because like DEI, it's a, it's a very fine line to to work on and to like yeah. work within. And definitely myself, I try my best to like, to have control of the people I can bring on, which is really awesome. Um, so really trying to find some candidates from like diverse areas. And I, I get excited when I can find that kind of person, but additionally, being able to advocate for them and kind of give them that option and give them that step. And I think though, putting that investment into a small business, because I work for a startup, it, it can be difficult. Um, mm-hmm. But 
I, I think that's a huge reason why I went into recruiting is there's almost like an opportunity for me to make a difference through there versus oh, true. I think sometimes making a difference just in the general public. I will never find myself on Capitol Hill trying to kind of <laughs> yeah. with the picket. I just am not that type of person. And I like you can only do so much. And I think especially right, I think as an adoptee, I have a very interesting relationship of how I feel like how the government operates and how America operates as well. And I I benefited from it. And then there's also kind of that other end of it too. But I I think with my job and I I love being kind of that barrier to entry, but also that person that you can have that conversation with and get to learn some from someone. Yeah. Um, Because I like getting to hear people's stories. And then if I bring them on, it's like nice to be able to, if they are similar or they have a similar kind of backstory, them to feel welcome as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's very interesting. But I, I think recruiting is kind of something that I know I can make a difference in on that side. And eventually yeah. I do want to get myself into, a, I'd say like a position where there's a little bit more, where I can take more of that initiative. Um, mm, so right now yeah. I'm kind of just like in, in like, middle middle of my career right I'm still pretty new into the corporate world so I still kind of want to feel it out but I think it's nice to be able to think you're making an impact in a certain way or giving someone an opportunity that um, if you seek them out and they're qualified like why why not give them a chance and yeah. be able to present that to to someone um, so that's something yeah. I think I've I've tried to do and use that as like my my superpower I guess Oh, yeah. And I think you're definitely at that age of like 26 to 30, I think is a very defining period for humans in general. But it's like really determining your, I guess, like where you are and what you want to do in your in the world. Because I think because I guess our brains what stopped developing after 25. So then it's like now solidified, now determining that. But it's also what my therapist told me. It's like, yeah, you know, like 26 to 30 is really a time when the people are like really trying to figure out who they want to be. And she was saying that in context of like somebody who I dated who was like 26. And I was like, yeah, so maybe I won't be dating 26 year olds as a 30 year old. But <laughs> it was just funny. It was like, yeah, maybe it's true in any in many ways too. Which I- no, well, it's funny too. So like I've, talking about relationships so I've been with my my boyfriend since college so we've been together for a while but we did long distance for a very long time we kind of tried to figure it out on our own and we did it all the way up till literally this past fall so we were long distance for a very long time and so I was in Chicago we were luckily dating through college so we were like obviously at school together but then yeah graduated we kind of split off and I was in Chicago and he was in right greater DC area so Mm -hmm. Um, once the pandemic hit, I moved home to Philadelphia, which was only like three hours away. Yeah, so closer. it made it a little bit easier. And then all of a sudden my mom was like, I'm moving to Michigan. And I was like, oh crap, I need to f- figure out something in a month to, before she leaves. I, I was see. like, Hey, can I like move in? Like, do you think that's, I moved a day for a very long time. So it wasn't like weird. Yeah. It, was it wasn't funny. like, Oh, it's only been two months. Let's go. <laughs> like the relationship portion of it, like because we operated so independently of each other and we kind of came together now we were learning so much and like you said kind of at 26 right like it's a very pivotal time to kind of figure out what you want and what you don't want and do and especially like in your career and those are definitely topics that we kind of have to like talk about and figure out because uh... they're big and I think that's for any just 26 year old in general yeah Um, and it's crazy to be like okay, well, I'm looking at this job, but I'm looking at this job. I want to be here and all this stuff. It's like, uh, yeah. So so I feel like I'm, we've kind of 
luckily I'm, I'm very communicative and I'm like, okay, this is what I'm thinking. This is how I'm feeling. Let's do like, this is everything I want. Like, yeah. And then we kind of unwrap it and unravel it because I get anxious and all this stuff. Yeah. But um, you work on it together. Just, it's like at the end of the day, as long as you can work on it together. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, right. I think what's nice, honestly, is like I work from home. He was in the office eight hours of the day. So we have this opportunity to kind of work still very individualistically, but then collectively come home and do that. And I think that's kind of how life is. And I think for a very long time, and especially like the like um like learning period when I moved in, it was like I think both of us thought we had to be together, or both of us had to thought right. we had to do these activities together. And it, it's not like that. And for me, from a single parent, I'm like, I don't really have an example because my mom did everything by herself. So I was like, I'm going to, oh, I'm right. going to go into do everything by myself. Like, you don't like, you don't have to come with me. I want to go do this by myself. And then mm-hmm. um, like his family is very close. Like his one, his like intimate, like his whatever normal family and then his extended family are, are very close. And so it was very different for me to see like where he wants to be involved and where like, I was like, I just need yeah, like a breather. Um, but it's just interesting to navigate. And that's something I always think about too, is like, I think being from a single parent household, I think my mom raised very independent and strong headed like kids. Yeah. And I think too, on top of it, like, I think being an adoptee, you're kind of navigating the world on a very individualistic level. If you yeah. don't have that support system all the time, or just like other people that are started that are similar. Yeah. Um, and I feel like a lot of times people don't talk about this stuff until they are older. So you've got yeah. your pivotal years as like a teenager. You're like, I feel so alone. And you could be. Yeah. Um, but then on top of it, it's like, wow, like there's not too many people that can talk about the same experiences. And also at 16, it's like, all I want to do is go to talk to boys and I can't like, you yeah. know, so, our priorities really shift. <laughs> so it's just really interesting um, to kind of see like how my adult life's been evolving and it's crazy to see too because I, I there's a lot of similarities between me and my my mom and I think um there's a lot of similarities that my my sibling has with my mom as well taking yeah. very different traits and kind of split it mm-hmm. um and then your own traits too it's like... yeah oh my gosh it's crazy and I don't know like nature versus nurture I think about that all the time too yeah right? oh yeah that's definitely been a discussion too that people have definitely like, gone into and like because I'm like okay is this from me being raised by a single parent am I just like crazy mm. because of that or because like uh, there's once in a while I'm like oh my gosh I need I need to like slow down I need um to like kind of because I, I tend to be quick I tend to kind of jump to conclusions <laughs> um it's tough it is tough the last question because I always ask as we like round up is um anything you'd like to hear from other adoptees or anyone who's interested in learning about adoption um I think that I it's always just interesting to hear people's perspectives. I think it'd be interesting to get more perspective on single parents. I didn't listen to all your podcasts. So there might be more. Additionally, too, I think the like the idea of like the model minority too and how that's kind of affected like someone's like self-confidence, because that's definitely oh, been yeah. a factor. And then too, right? Like I've heard so many people take like DNA tests, right? And my ancestry just literally highlighted all of Southern China. Like right. all, like right. Southern China and like half half of vietnam some of like you know oh. like a lot of different places um in the south like south asian like hemisphere yeah. so i wonder if there's like a lot of people that don't fit like 
that don't look super Chinese, but were like they were adopted and taken, and then um, yeah. you just get questioned on like because a big part of it is like that physical appearance. Being an adoptee, you physically do not look like someone else, and I think that's yeah. a big part of it too. So yeah, I think those are like the three. Those are yeah, those are ones that a lot of people touch on. It's like in uh, I've definitely talked to a couple people who were raised by like single parents. So it's like a good friend of mine, also Katie, who I'm going to meet after this. We're actually going to get dinner. Oh, nice. um, and we became friends at the age of like 25 so 25 to oh, 30 awesome. we've been we've been helping each other out but we're from like the same orphanage we found out oh, so and all cool. that stuff so one of those like similarity things but katie's father had passed away when she was only 16 so then oh, wow. like, then she did become like raised by a single parent after so i was like damn that's still being raised by like a single parent right but yeah it's like it's interesting to like hear people's perspective because I never thought about that until you said it it was like being raised by like a single mother like this is how I like would treat or approach challenges oh that explains so much about Katie sometimes it's like because she didn't have like two parents necessarily so it's like huh I always tell her it's like yeah so I talked to this person this is what we talked about <laughs> nice um, yeah yeah I think it's the single parent too because like she chose to do it like I think when I was a kid I asked why why don't I have a dad and everyone Mm. especially 20 years ago right everyone's like where's your dad and I'm like yeah I I don't have one and then father's day come around and everyone brings their dad to school and then you're the only one that doesn't have a dad you're like like, oh "Mm." you can share my dad and I'm like oh my god but it's I mean it's it's crazy how much has changed from when I like when like reevaluating where I started until like kind of now and it's yeah I think it's how you kind of choose because right my my mom chose a lot of my path for me and I think yeah. with the lens of being like a white woman this is the best for my this is the best I can do and I think for me right like yeah for myself like maybe I wouldn't put myself in an all-girls private high school in like suburbs of Philadelphia but maybe yeah, it's like, like you know it's like she did the best thinking yeah that. this is what's best for my children Julie that's who I just talked to. I just talked to somebody recently. It's like she was talking about how her mother also adopted her a little bit older too. And now her mother's like facing health challenges. So uh, she's like being the, I don't know if it's like single mother. I feel like it, I might get that wrong. But it's like, I just talked to her recently. So that's a recent episode, but she was talking about how like, she's the one who's like taking care of her mother now. That's one of my like, biggest fears. When I was a yeah. kid, my mom was always working like and she'd travel do all of that it's like when like I'd sit by my window by my room and just watch the cars to see if it was like her car that was going to come and it's just like so anxiety driven yeah oh I'm sure now as an adult it's like okay she's taking care of herself luckily she's by my extended family so there's people to support her Mm. um I mean but it's crazy um I mean I think now like as an adult I have full control of kind of where I want to be and how I want to present myself oh yeah yeah and then so being in Northern Virginia, right out of, right outside of DC, it's like the, it's a great area. It's very diverse, and I, I think that's something that's really great, and it's good to experience too. Because yeah, going back to Michigan, it's like oh my gosh, this is it's different. Like, uh, it's different, yeah. Because yeah, like Nova or DMV, like there's definitely more diverse areas for sure. Yeah, um, that's where I live with my. So it's like the roommate who went to Purdue was an international student from India who studied engineering. So I was like, yep. Nice. <laughs> So he did his undergrad. Maybe he did his undergrad there and then went. Yes, he did his undergrad there and then he went back for his PhD. So okay. He's, yeah, he's been there. He's like been. It's there. a great program. They have great programs there. Oh I, yeah. I don't really know what else they do. Like the space and science and. I know. I mean, he was a really smart dude, but sometimes yeah. just did silly things. It's like you're a funny dude. Um, I still talk to him though, because he. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, we definitely still talk, and I remember I visited Purdue too. So like, let me come visit oh, you. Awesome. Yeah, and we did uh, 
I think we went to like Triple X Diner or something. Oh my like, gosh, oh. yeah. That's yeah, okay. I was like, you would know it's that. On drivers, diners, and something. Dives, like right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, it is. Okay. I was like, yeah. the cup has like the Triple X, and I was like, whoa. Um, yeah, it was mem- it was good memories. And then I think we had really good Asian food, and now that that explains it. I was like, that was yeah, really no, good it's crazy. Asian food. It's like New York has good Asian food too, but wow, that was good Asian food. I know. In a corn, in the middle of a cornfield, you you find it's crazy <laughs> I know I'm like what do you use social media I don't know if you want to share your Instagram or something oh I do my Instagram if, if anyone wants to follow it if anyone's listening I don't know um, um it's Katie ZC so Katie with a C-A-I-T-I-E-Z-C my Z is actually my Chinese name as well so mm, that's also okay. a fun fact yeah <laughs> Yeah. yeah and I love it I love my middle name and I love that it's a Z because no one else has that um, yeah I think I hold on to that part of my like my background and like it has a yeah to it, which is fun it's like part of your it's part of your identity too my my parents do that too it's like Shen is my surname in Chinese but like that I use that as like my name in a lot of stuff too for a really long time I didn't know how to spell it so when I had to take like the SATs I was like oh crap <laughs> I was like I gotta spell the bubble and I can't yeah. remember yeah I was like oh I, I was always thankful oh yeah and you have like a Katie with a C yes and you have to keep going I'm grateful that I was named Tara because it's very easy to do this do they even do scantrons anymore that's I don't know I question. feel like yeah that's I feel like, like do they do that now dude I know we're we're like 90s babies it's like oh. I know oh my gosh well Katie I feel like there's so much more we could talk about we should catch up again some other time yeah because I was like, like I've questions <laughs> i can like i'll send over a follow-up email or dm on instagram and yeah i'd love to stay connected um because it was really like you're nice also connection. nova i was like you're also nova i am Do you ever go back home now that i'm like talking to my parents a little bit i am thinking about like making a trip in like september sometime and like probably drive down to because it's like we're they live in maryland like close to baltimore so it's like i think i would drive down through there and like stop in because um, it's a train too I don't know I could take the train too I was thinking about that. I was like I could take the train maybe visit them and then um there's like a wedding I gotta go to but that's a, like Frederick in the middle of nowhere and you know there's no trains there so I was like I gotta plan this out but I was like I should just make a trip of it like go to DMV area because there's friends I made too down there yeah um, you should definitely like I don't know you probably saved everyone's emails put a link I've been trying to find on that Facebook group Someone's saying about the DC area and I just don't know oh. if there's a physical group because I would totally like Yeah, I don't know. Someone posts in Northern Virginia and I just don't okay. know who it is. But then they I looked on their Facebook and it they say they're from Portland. So I like I see. Them. And there's um oh my gosh, I think it's it's no longer SCC, but it's like some, called something else and they have a chapter down there in DC and they have the Facebook oh. group too. Oh man, I always keep forgetting because like they have Chinese Children International, like C CCI is down there in DC, but there's also the other group that I keep forgetting every time. They just rebranded, that's why I keep forgetting. But they originally started in New York, but I think they have a chapter down or like a group down in DC now. Like they're yeah, starting to grow. I'm surprised they're because I, I was Google, like searching within Facebook and I was surprised to not find anything like immediately yeah um, but maybe i'll just post in that group and see yeah or it's like they're all on instagram versus like facebook now because that's like the new thing but yeah i need to i need to stay with a like anyone 25 and above I, any postgrad at this point i cannot like understand them it's hard <laughs> i mean i'm just like the 
I mean, speaking of 26 year olds, I was like, there's one that I met recently and then like the lingo they're using and like the abbreviations. I was like, what? <laughs> it's like, I Googled. Yeah. Okay. I and you Googled. are 26. So I was like, I feel old. Maybe it's just, I'm not hip. I don't really know. <laughs> but I was like, I'm only four years older, but I'm not understanding all this like slang and spelling and text lingo. It's like, why is it taking longer to understand text by Googling than just read? Yeah. That's a whole other rant. <laughs> Uh, yeah definitely I'd love to stay connected I'm trying to think like if you let me know like when you come down if you don't want to obviously stay with your parents you've, you've probably got multiple options but you're more than welcome I'll to figure that. and there's definitely yeah. some other adoptees that I don't know if I've met too many who are in from like DC Maryland area but I definitely was like there's gotta be some there's a Philadelphia group too which I would have yes you know, if is. I knew about it before I was like oh okay but it doesn't make sense now but yeah um I think what's nice is just like this area, it provides me a little bit more like comfort in that sense. And then I know there's just like more people, which is nice. Um, oh, 100%. Yeah. And that's like, fortunately, pandemic sort of like really helped showcase all the adoptee groups and stuff. But now it's like they're actually meeting up in person. So it's, it's a relief. It's like, oh, it's so nice to actually meet adoptee groups. A lot of like pets that I watch up in the city are like a lot of adoptees actually. <laughs> It's like, I'm going That's out of town. I'm, can you come visit my cat? I'm like, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> I love that you're in New York, though. That's like a great place oh, to be. I, I love like. it. I'm doing like the art thing and the adopty thing here. And it's like, this this works for me. I'm going to stay. Let's stick, stick it out for a bit. Because I don't have anything that ties me to like anyone. So I was like, I can do fun things. And I'm just hitting 30. So we can have fun. No, I, the irony too is I would love New York. But like this, I was going to say it's so expensive. But DC so expensive too. Yeah. So it's like. You got to kind of choose the lesser of the two. I mean, both yeah. of them are great. I I go to New York pretty frequently, though, just because I have friends up there. So yeah, maybe I'll if I'm up there. If I'd you're up here, you also yeah. let me know. Yeah. There was yeah. Like somebody else I was going to see, but I went camping. So it's like, I didn't see you. Oh, yeah. Actually, Brianna, I should message her and be like, hey, this person lives in Nova. Because um, she's from Maryland, too. Oh, cool. Yeah, I know. Whenever when someone so says they're from Maryland, it's like, Typically, they're from like the Nova area or yeah, like, just outside of Baltimore. Exactly. I was like, oh, where in Maryland are you? I think she said Bethesda, maybe. That's oh, that's very close. Yeah, that is very close. It's like I'll have to message and be like, oh my gosh, I just talked to somebody. And then I usually share Instagrams too, so I'll do that. Um, awesome. But you do share your Instagram. I'll add that yeah. to the notes. Um, but thanks for listening. Oh well, thanks for thanks for talking. I'm about to do my oh, outro. I'm like, thanks for listening. <laughs> but because I always do that too. But thank you for listening to ABC Adoptees Born in China podcast. If you would like to reach me, it is Adoptees Born in China podcast on Instagram and Facebook or Adopted Babies from China at gmail.com.